Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines. AEW Review, forgot the name of the promotion for a second. <laughs> AEW Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and I'm joined by James Boyd of One Nation Radio to review a great wrestling show. And get all your wrestling news at wrestlingheadlines.net. So just immediately jump into the review. Our first th- topic of the day is Miro versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship to main event the show. James, first actually, first off, how are you doing, James? <laughs> just let's, let him introduce himself first. Well, I mean, I'm doing good. I know you're you know, trying to get to the shit, so let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the TNT Championship mainly made the show. A show that was one of AEW's, especially after the weeks we've recently had, more low-key shows. However, those shows are normally still absolutely fine. And then they'll have some great matches sprinkled in between. It's not like, well, because I've been doing the Raw reviews, it's not like when with Raw where they have a load of shit shows, goodbye monetization, <laughs> then they have a better show which is more competent. I'd much prefer banger shows and then a lower key building week. And this set up so much stuff on this episode. And there's so much to get excited about. And they're reaching that point now two years in. Next week is their two-year anniversary. Now, I've already seen the number of three being thrown around, but... They did those shows, those like sprinkled shows, so for some reason that's getting counted as an extra year. Or, sorry, no, All In, sorry, All Out. Well, no, All In, <laughs> that was it. The All In show, they're counting that as the start of yeah. AEW. So, well, no, that's like a tester event of all of the indies, that's not AEW. Yeah Tony, yeah, Tony Khan had nothing to do with that. Hmm. Um, he was, I think he was sitting in the arena watching it with people, but like he, <laughs> nah. Not yeah. not the same thing. If you want to say it was the pilot episode for it or whatever else, I guess, or the or the proto version of or the mm. teaser, sure, I guess. But um, nah, I, I I have a hard time making that same distinction too. Like when I think about it in my mind, but like when it's on technically, like you can't really be doing it. Mm. Like it's on Ring of Honor's like streaming uh, service. Yeah, so I've only just realised on the screen I've got AW Dynamite Grand Slam review because I am a numpty. <laughs> I only just noticed I've done that. Uh, let's get rid of that. Anyway, yeah, so it was a... There we go. No! <laughs> it's going all right, it's going all right. As long as I don't get right up the wrong thing. Are you making it worse? I'm making it worse. I brought up the splash screen. <laughs> it keeps stuttering. All right, there's AW. Let me drag it. Look at it. You can get him dragged down. Oh, look at that. Oh, nice into the middle. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, so the AW review. Oh, a nice little bit of on the fly having to edit. Uh, yes, anyway. So next year, week is the two-year anniversary, and it's uh, they're building up that show a little bit, and uh, it's just a, it's a yet again, it's the thing of or oh, what AEW are we going to do when these special shows kind of um, well, we've done a big special show, we've had these big shows with big returns. What are you going to do next? Build more special shows? Keep making the shows special? <laughs> a mind-boggling idea. You just build to the next thing. It keeps it keeps setting up. You keep the ball rolling, which is incredibly easy if you're resting people as well. Like last year, last year, last week, there was no TNT title match, so they set up a TNT title match for this week. <laughs> it's like, oh, crazy idea! <laughs> you just rotate stuff around, and as well, it's just it's amazing kind of timing as well, with the uh, with it being in Rochester tonight. So I'm genuinely, <laughs> it was such good kind of organisation to not do a TNT title match last week because of how much it would mean this week. So and let's talk about that main event, the main topic of today. The TNT Championship, Miro versus Sammy Guevara, and a fittingly strong TNT title main event in the hometown of Brody Lee. 
And uh, as well, a few little spots to chat out about. Great spot with Miro catching a Spanish flying Guevara. And it, it may not have been a full catch or anything, but it still looked awesome. And Miro looked mighty strong. It's one of those where, because he wasn't caught perfectly, the actual then lift and suplex was even more impressive. It's just... Yeah. yeah. And uh, also during the ad break, we got a dueling. We want Lana. No, we don't. And personally, that's the, that, that's happened a few times in AEW where kind of chant will start. Then the other half starts going, no, we don't. And I'm like, this isn't a WWE crowd. Like, that's how you know. <laughs> There's a section of the fans that do chants like it's WWE and the other half goes, cut that shit out. No, <laughs> stop, stop that now. <laughs> it's, it's like, they're going to learn. They'll learn over time. They'll learn. <laughs> We've got, we got Arn Anderson on this roster. People are going to learn lessons. We'll <laughs> get that later. <laughs> As a British person, it's like, no, Arn, this is horrible advice. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Anyway, so an amazing final five minutes as well. Like, this was a solid match anyway, building relatively well. But then the final five minutes were amazing. As Sammy like, started fighting back more successfully, Amira began to slang, slamming him down in kind. In frustration, the champion ripping off the corner pads. A Fuego failed to stop him. But Sammy recovers, drives Miro's head into the exposed buckle, onto his shoulders for the go to hell, then 6.30 sent on right into the balls. It looked like that looked painful. Uh, and 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 I was just when I watched that, I was like, what an accidentally fitting ending to Miro's reign of love and religion <laughs> to take a six thirty cent down onto the balls. Anyway, new TNT champion in Sammy Guevara on a night that for the first time kind of scheduled a little bit of the four pillars and all of that stuff. <laughs> so it's quite an exciting time. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, what do you make of this? I've just seen Rich in the chat. <laughs> so, yeah, Rich and I originally scheduled to be on the show. Uh, just popping up in the chat for a quick hello. Hello. Anyway. Wait, so... Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't, didn't know. Yeah, that. James didn't know that. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know that. Because I hit James up so casually every normally anyway. <laughs> so this was no different. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rich, because Rich let me know in advance. It meant I could contact you with... No, okay. <laughs> no difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I uh. I really liked the match. I thought it was. I thought it was. Um. The opener and also the the main event were like the two best matches on the card. Mm. Um. From last night. But um. I thought that I thought thought it told a very good story early on. Um. Sammy just is getting the crap being out of being out of him, and it's very much following the role of a lot of these previous TNT title matches with Miro. When Miro's been wrestling like you know these smaller guys, and it's, he's just a big bully and it's awesome. Um, and then towards the end, as you mentioned, like the last five minutes being so great, like it started getting great. Was Miro just said like I'm just gonna start bumping like crazy. Like, he took a bump where he, um, I think he went for, like, some splash in the corner and Sammy moved. And he basically flew over the top turnbuckle and, and then, you know, went mm. ass over T-Cuddle um, onto the apron and melted it to the floor. And it was, like, it was so good. Um, and then you get that dive from, from Sammy kind of reminding you, kind of reminding you of, the, like, the ricochet um, dive. Uh, so, um, also, Wesley does it as well where you just run from opposite corner to opposite corner and then you just... Jump and hope and pray that you don't get clipped <laughs> yeah. by the uh, by the top turnbuckle on the way to the floor. Um, so yeah, like it was it was really great stuff. And once once uh, Miro start going to the turn to or start ripping off turnbuckle uh, tops, I was like, up, oh, 
he's <laughs> like he's he's about to go into one of them and be done. Um, but <laughs> either way, like it, it was still great. Um, I, I do like the conquering babyface uh, having having um, his friend come out to uh, help him, and he gets thwarted much like heels do as well. But like that's a simple little added like thing because um, Fago the Soul has been getting his ass whooped by and bullied by Miro for. Uh, about a month now, maybe a little bit more. So like it's fitting him to come out there and try to help his boy out. It made sense. Even and he also got pie face like a geek. So it uh it all evened out mm. for me. Um, you know, really really great finish. Uh finishing sequence like you mentioned, go to hell and then um hitting the uh the six thirty off off axis like it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you know he's done it a few times and normally like, you know, um it doesn't really go that bad but that poorly but um it the fact that it looked kind of um, uh, jagged or rigid or whatever you want to call it, like mm. just unpretty, made it look like it was more devastating. Oh yeah. So it was um, yeah. So it was um, two thumbs up for me. It was a really good match. I say a great match. Mm. And there's no better way to sell being hurt than to actually be hurt. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I, I say that to like I say that to everybody all the time. Like, <laughs> like it ain't hard mm. to sell when it's a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, um, well, at least Miro's got his religion. <laughs> He's got that. Uh, put put a nice, put some ice on it. You'll be all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, white hot finish, and then all of the, uh, I guess, Guevara related baby faces, including Alan Angels. I thought just all ran out and just all were cheering him. A few of them were in the background behind us, but I wish I've blurred out. <laughs> so you can't really make it, make them out. But yeah. They they all came out to celebrate with Sammy. We go off air with all the baby faces cheering him on as he holds up the new title. He's vanquished the evil person. Well done, Sammy Guevara, the new babyface champion. And for me, the most important thing for me was this was a show where they really, I feel like for the first time, put a real focus on the four young pillars of AEW. I feel like it's the, it's the I'm calling, I'm calling the young pillars because that at least still keeps it in the All Japan reference. <laughs> Just call them the young pillars. <laughs> but it, I like that idea where they are kind of, they're referencing it a bit, but they don't over-reference it. Like on this week, it was MJF more using it to set up a feud and run somebody down. But the show itself was structured to feature all four of them in predominant manners. So, and then it clicks with you after MJF has said it. I was like, yeah, the the show, let, it built into what MJF was saying. It wasn't just, he says it and the crowd goes, yeah, we like this guy. It's like, no, the show itself was structured to feature them as well as MJF's note. So that's just a nice little thing for this show. But yeah, white hot finish and uh, just a really happy way to end the show. And really the show was, uh, like as James was saying, it was bookended with amazing matches and then the rest of the card of more building stuff, which you're going to get excited about down the line. So yeah, really solid way to end the show. Um, but there's not really much more to talk about because in terms of the TNT title, I guess the only thing is where does Miro go next? And... There was there was the uh, casino ladder match announced, and personally for me, to really help sell the importance of the TNT title in terms of its like hierarchy in uh, AEW, wouldn't mind Miro winning that ladder match because they didn't announce any participants. Could have Miro win, and then that helps add a bit of importance to TNT title because he's lost it and then got elevated up the cards to go for a championship match. Suddenly it's like you have to be really good to be champion. For this TNT title. So then if you've held it and had a really strong reign. Then you've proved yourself and elevated yourself. Because again my other worry is. WWE mid card title. You lose it you disappear. They don't have any plans for you. <laughs> so just be a nice counter to have a plan. 
Yeah, would be. I, I mean, I, I wasn't really concerned about um, or really even thought about it. But, yeah, that will, that will work. I mean, I think that just off of the strength of what Miro has done um, with the title um, since the beginning of the Redeemer um, gimmick and character, I, I think that it's been so strong that um, he would just have to be a, just a staple of the show with or without the uh, TNT title. Like that, I'm sure like that was also like a part of it. Uh, the rise, but like him as him as himself, like just going to war with any of the baby faces that they have. Like I think, I think it would just work. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, he's he's been uh, he set himself up so incredibly strongly. Figured out his character so damn well that whatever he goes on to next, I'm more than happy to see what it is. There's a yeah, well, there's a return for Kip Saban. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Oh, we'll, we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. As hopefully, it's just elevated somewhere, somewhere high up the card. Be it a match with Mo- a feud with Moxley, be it a, a title match, whatever it is, whatever it is, it just just sounds like he's like a higher up the card guy rather than falling back down. So yeah. Anyway, it's happening. It's happened with Derby. Derby feels like a big start after he drops the TNT title, just to then yeah. reinforce that with the next one. It does make sense, and I would be, I would, would be totally sure that Brody Lee would have been treated the exact same way as well. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. So to kind of build it up over time, really is quite cool. Yeah, I mean, in they already they had already kind of did the work with uh, Brody before mm. he even got the TNT title. Like when you put, look at um, I believe that was all our double or nothing last year with that match against Moxley. Mm. That was awesome. So um, they had already you know he was already a made person based off the strength. Of, like I said, the strength of his work and all that kind of stuff. And then that match, and then they and then they put it on um, with the squash on Cody. Um, so like, yeah, like I, I don't, when, when, um, they talk about it as if it is not a secondary title or it's not a mid card title. Um, and they like this and they, that, and they want to present it as a, an either or at times, depending on who has it. Like, I don't think it'll ever get to that point, but it, they definitely treat it like more than a mid card title. Um, in yeah, the general sense of well. what we've watched the last few years. Yeah. Tony Khan has said that. They, they want he doesn't want it to be a mid card title. He doesn't see it as a mid card title, and yeah, he he's he's not treating it as such, and that really does help right. that with the importance of it. Like here, it main evented the show, which yeah, it's, it's just a and Darby main evented with it a lot. Mm, he did, he did loads, loads of times, and of course, to Cody with his uh, defending it every week run, he would also is depending on whatever yes. person he ran into, he would also main event every now and then. Uh, I swear, both Brody leaded leaded too. Like it just really does help establish it higher up the card in terms of doing that. Uh, anyway, it kind of it links quite well as well because this entire show uh, had massive dedications to Brody Lee as well. So we might as well go through in order. So AW Dynamite, September 29th. That's uh, today's date. September 28th, <laughs> 2021. Uh, and first we got the first problem with me bloody dropping my guitar pick just before we went live. <laughs> For, coming out we got... It's CM Punk, it's CM Punk. How <laughs> comes CM Punk? <laughs> I learned the lyrics and everything. <laughs> Putting the effort in. People don't say I don't put effort into this show. <laughs> anyway, how comes CM Punk to sit on commentary onto uh, like a high, a high-fiving every front row member. They're all jubilant to see him out there to start the show. I notice AEW have become quite fond of the huge happy pop for CM Punk followed by the second follow-up mega pop for Adam Cole. They've started like two, two or three shows with that now, and <laughs> it works every single time. Um, hmm. But also, uh, but this more importantly for this bit, this allowed commentary. We'd see a punk doing his whole thing. 
where he did tweet out as well, legally, I cannot stage dive. So, sorry. <laughs> so he uh, had to like, run around and was high-fiving everybody. And as in where they were, it was generally there is a state law against it. Can't do it. <laughs> so like, oh, that sucks. Ah, mm. so okay. Also, it, are there city laws? I can't. This is a massive tangent. <laughs> Let's realize. Do you get individual city laws? No. Is it... uh, we do. Um, and it depends on, you know, where you are. But I, I, mm. the thing for me that I enjoyed um, with that whole little inside gag was when he said it was a Lloyd's of London contract. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Air Lloyd's of London insurance. And then, like, I, I don't remember if it was uh, Ross or if it was Excalibur. He was like, oh, I remember that, ra- I mean, gimmick. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like, you, like all those dudes from the 90s had those Lloyd's of London uh, insurance mm. uh, things. And they were, like, they all cashing on them shits. Like, it's, yeah. it's so it was funny for me. It was like, so, yeah, that's why the I whole know night it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know it because of what all the wrestlers did with it. <laughs> so it's a great little reference. Uh, but yeah, so, but CM Punk doing all that, the reason for me why that was important was it allowed commentary to have time to talk about the John Huber Foundation and didn't have to rush yeah. through any of the lines. They got to really just casually talk about it, which, yeah, which for the foundation, it does again that across really, really good stuff, really gave them time, which is awesome to see. Uh, really nice that they did that. But then he sits down, they're all excited, Adam Cole's music hits, and he's still still to this day, there are people in the crowd like jumping up in excitement. In just like an, oh my god, it's Adam Cole. It's great to see like three or four weeks into his run. Those reactions are still happening. Maybe it's the back-to-back CM Punk Adam Cole, and they go crazy for both of those two. <laughs> back-to-back. It's the pop of a pop, which is great. And then you get to dance to uh, Jungle Boy's theme. <laughs> so that's awesome. And that gets bloody stuck in your head. Damn you, 80s. You have so many hits that just get stuck in your head. Good or not, <laughs> they get in your head. And anyway, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. The w- crowd white hot for this opening match. And what a contest it was. The crowd chanting, this is awesome, before we even got into the hot stretch ending. Uh, the uh, step snap off the apron looked amazing. Uh, the crowd uh, counting the loud three after Panama Sunrise as well didn't secure it but the crowd were they they gave that three a, a whole head of heart and uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't the final thing awesome kick out the ending so strong as jungle boy really starts to swing into momentum so cole crowds referee aubrey to mule kick the man in the dick uh, it's all about the boom one two three yeah really really strong match uh i don't know uh what you make of the boom as the finisher name <laughs> but yeah the match overall <laughs> what do you make of it Okay, so is the boom the last shot, or is the boom the kick in the nuts in, in, in this analogy? Because I thought you meant like hit him with the boom, as if like yes, like him doing the Ric Flair low blow thing is uh, the boom. No, 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 the boom is legit. The last shot, the last shot has been legit renamed to the boom. So I've got a little. Oh, so, yeah. okay. So I can okay, sense its wordplay a bit. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um. Great match. Um. I. I I kind of wrestle over him kicking out of the Panama Sunrise because uh, like I'm not really like if you're if your super finisher is a Canadian destroyer like then let that be your super finisher and like beat uh, win with it. But um, I think it did something for Jungle Boy to where it shows how like the kind of fire that he has that he can kick out of that and like that's the, the last bit of will he has. Um, so I, I I I can see it going either way, um, but. Beside, before we even got to that point, like they were cooking, like they were cooking. It was a fun match. Um, I think I thought they told a really good story of 
Cole is more experienced and is a vet and has a um, confidence edge over Jungle Boy. And um, with the things that Jungle Boy tr- would try, uh, Cole would just like outsmart him and move out the way or duck stuff or whatever else. And then later on in the match, Cole would try to do what uh, Jungle Boy uh, tried to attempt. And in much same fashion, Jungle Boy like is learning super fast, like you know, like a, you know, like some type of. Um, prodigy and will like avoid the same dangers uh that he tr- uh, the same traps that he earlier tried to set on cole so i thought it was i thought it told a really good story i thought it was a, uh, a really good match um yeah like or a great match actually so yeah um cole is cole hasn't missed yet um um in aw and like like it i think a lot of people are surprised that he's so over in aw but they shouldn't like mm. <laughs> yeah if you like if you were super over in America, anywhere, and you come to AEW, guess what? You're going to be in AEW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, is it? We, I mean, I think we take that kind of stuff for granted because, given like the, a lot of the um, shine fell off of uh, NXT over the over the, um, the last like uh, since the pandemic, but like Adam Cole has been Adam Cole everywhere he's gone except for like New Japan. Like wrestling at Kyle O'Reilly at Wrestle Kingdom, like that's outside of in Japan. Like he's been the man everywhere I've ever seen him. So um, we we should have known this was going to happen. Like I like I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be some uh, you know bit player in the super cl- or super elite or whatever the hell they're calling themselves. Like that group of nine people, like they're the Wu Tang. But um, no, nah, man, he's 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 a dynamite wrestler and. Well, no pun intended. He's a dynamite wrestler. I even <laughs> yes. realized that was happening. Like he's a, he's a great he's a great wrestler, and this is a crowd that this is a crowd of the fan base that appreciates that sort of thing. And like, um, you know, you mentioned the CM Punk and Adam Cole thing going back and forth, um, almost like dueling pops the last few weeks. Like when in the middle of the match, I thought to myself, like, I kind of want, or before the match, I was like, I kind of want. Uh, Adam Cole to win this match and then like immediately start challenging CM Punk to a thing now you know but uh, it maybe that's a setup for maybe this is the setup for it is like you kind of think of them together because they've been tied together in segments kind of lately so um, we'll see what it happens but um, yeah like the Jungle Boy um, as you mentioned as a four pillar thing like this is definitely the start of it yeah on this show there's so many people really behind Jungle Boy like uh, uh for me personally, he's like, no, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy shouldn't be beating Adam Cole right now, especially as he is what it is one for the future, and he's trying to establish Adam Cole anyway. So it'd be really counterproductive to do so. But seeing that reaction on Twitter, there were quite a few people were like, why didn't Jungle Boy win that? That's a great way to give him to Jungle Boy. Personally, yeah, Adam Cole was the right decision. But the fact that there are that many people was like, oh, he's getting over though. <laughs> so that's a, that's a yeah. good sign on that. Yeah, like when he comes out, when they both come out, and like in the middle of the crowd, like you hear the Jungle Boy uh, chance getting more or less drowned out by a chance for Adam Cole, then like no, <laughs> Jungle Boy should be winning right yeah. now. the The point <laughs> is he's the point is he's supposed to have a super competitive match with a with a with a, a big star. He's going to lose, and then eventually over time he will get matches uh, more matches with Adam Cole and he will get closer and closer and then he will eventually beat him and then it will, it will eventually look more like a heated rivalry as opposed to someone that is at the top of the game and someone that is coming to surpass that like it, it doesn't it doesn't need to happen right now it just needs to happen over a period of um of seeing progression over a number of you know weeks and months 
Um, and that that's what it's about. Yeah, and especially for like four for those four pillars, especially they don't need to be winning everything right now. Like Darby Allen, CM Punk, for right. example. Like yeah, like hmm. okay, like aside from Darby, who you want to push in front of uh, Brian and CM Punk? Hmm. Yeah. Why would you do that <laughs> right now? Like no, hmm. like it, there will be a time and a place for that. It's not right now. At least, I, at least with AEW, I can get under the uh, thinking of the reason that I saw that reaction was because they do such a good job of actually building their talent that when they when a fan goes onto Twitter and goes, "Oh, why didn't they win?" That's because they generally have become a fan of the talent rather than yeah. what is this booking, which is kind of like what the tone is with WWE. It's a yeah, it's a similar comment but with a different tone, which is definitely hard to read on the internet. <laughs> but the that yeah. context is there. Yeah, and like that becomes a thing of where like you look online and um you see that and you kind of get frustrated because you don't really recognize you really can't tell if this person how this person really feels like hmm. or, or do people misunderstand what is going on like um for example uh Jungle Kiona um just announced that she is leaving Stardom right hmm. now she Jungle Kiona has um for the time that I've watched Stardom has been no worse than the fourth best worker in Stardom um when when healthy and. She had a bunch of matches. She was just a this great underdog baby face that like just made you believe that she could be at the top of the company, but she wasn't she wasn't meant to be at the top of the company. Um so a lot of people like want have screened for her to leave much in a similar fashion to like Stardom has become like WWE to a lot of like Western Joshi fans and treating it at them as if like they're this um terrible place <laughs> that just mistreats Jungle Kiona and Momo Watanabe. But um uh the thing is, like, the is not like the problem with WWE isn't that they uh, is that they push um, is that they push the wrong people. The problem is that they push the wrong people. Then the people that they do push end up stinking most of the time at the top. Mm. Like, I'm sorry, Lacey Evans is never going to fetch for you. It's not. It's never going to happen. Mm. Right. So, um, AW is is in that similar situation where like people have had so much uh, PTSD from WWE's like bad years that they think that like almost like they're afraid you know the the shoe is going to fall on them. They're afraid that the shoe is going to fall on Hangman and Page. They're afraid that the shoe is going to fall on Darby. They're afraid that the shoe is going to fall on someone like Jungle Boy. And it's like nah, man. There's a plan for them in a in a. In a and it's going to go uh, the long road to to make it just work. And like you either have faith in the bookers, in the book or the creative, or you don't. Um, and for me, like I look, I watch Stardom and I watch AEW, and like they've given me enough over the last, you know, since I started watching them in 2019. Both to where I'm like, <laughs> take me wherever you go. Like, and then I'll pull. Mm. And then if it starts getting wonky, then I'll you know I'll pull the, uh, the I'll pull the cord. But like gotta have faith like these are like the people that they're that that are your favorites that they're not pushing the people that are in those positions are also like doing incredible work too so it's like what do you want do you want to watch a great wrestling show or do you want them just to push like or do you want to be the booker which which one do you want Mm. and i love things where i can just turn my brain off like when the all the criticism started to fall onto game of thrones i was like a year a season after that is when i first started it Mm. (laughs) so i thought season six was fine I thought the ending was weird, but because what James was just talking about, they built up that trust. 
I can't remember which season they killed Jon Snow at the end of. Whatever season that was. <laughs> they Spoiler, never saw it. <laughs> and, and non-spoilers, because he doesn't die. <laughs> like, you know this when you watch it happen. <laughs> but they, cause, because they had built up that trust, where when the next season started, it's like, oh, but it, it'll work out. I'll, long-term, I'll be fine with this. It's all right. And because they built up that trust, and maybe that was why I didn't start questioning things till the final two seasons. And mm-hmm. my brother was like that with The Walking Dead. He just... To this day, he can just watch it, and he's not critical at all. Whilst I'm sat there mm. going, just get to the Negan fight. I'm just so bored. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm somebody, I've, I've read the graphic novel, so I, I knew where it was going. I knew where it would be afterwards. And I was just like, they're doing it well, but they're just dwelling for so incredibly long. <laughs> Compared to my brother. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you know... You have me on the show for 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 like AW or NXT. Mm. Like you know me, you know I'm critical of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just it just for me is like if you give me a lot more good than bad over over a certain amount of time, then I'm going to like let my guard down eventually. And then and especially when it's like the people I would want at the top of the card. If it were me, I would just have um De- I just have Bryanson and and Darby and uh you know and Adam Cole and the rest of the elite in the Lucha Bros and Kingston and, and Moxley, I would just have them on the card every single week. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't have like, you know, so, um, and I would have Thunder Rosa and Riho and Sheeta on the card every single week too. So it's like, for me, I got like, they've entertained me with plenty of stuff that I was not necessarily inter- looking forward to or people that I wasn't exactly familiar with or, or thought highly of. And like for the more times than not, they I've enjoyed it more than I've disliked it. So mm. for me, it's like, all right, You've done enough to earn my to have earned my trust to where it's like I'm not just immediately going to put my my guard up for anything. Like they paid off a lot of stuff storyline wise um, over over time. So for me, it's just I have more faith in them, and that's kind of for now. Like if things change, things like my critique will change, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's only so many times you're gonna I'm, after WWE. There's only so many times mm-hmm. I'm gonna give anyone the benefit of the doubt. Like so <laughs> yeah. that, but right now they haven't. And uh, I feel like NXT is probably a really good example of every point of James' journey across every single kind of beat of that, where NXT, over the course of like the first couple of years, from like 2013 to 15, they built up that trust. They became dependable, and after, which is what the main roster isn't. They may do a good thing every now and then, but they are not consistently dependable for entertainment. Whilst NXT, they built up that reputation over like the course of two years, then with Kevin Owens and Finn Balor in 2015, started to crack, go on amazing tours and hit hit those heights of Brooklyn as well. Like, it did that over the course of two years, building that trust. AEW are at that two-year period right now where they have had those two years of building up that trust. They've become a dependable brand and they're showing the benefits for it. Which is, of course, then we saw what happened with NXT now where, I don't know about you, but not watching it. <laughs> They've not become a dependable source of entertainment, so I'm not watching it that routinely. And it happened before the rebrand. Like, I tuned out beforehand. <laughs> it just stopped being reliable. I was, I was watching every... I had watched every single episode um, from Summer... Sl- or, sorry, from uh, Brooklyn uh, 4 mm. um, until the week that they had fired um, Mercedes Martinez and uh, Bronson Reed. And I was mm. like... I already know this thing. This this thing has changed a lot since the pandemic, um, and and everything. And I was like, hey, like, 
I'm not I'm not long for the ride on where this headed. And then like where it was headed was like to 2.0 and 2.0 has from what I heard is not much for professional wrestling. Like as <laughs> far as like uh, having good as far as having really good matches or whatever. So like I'm I'm off. Like I'm off it for now. Like maybe I'll get back on it. But if it go going the way that uh, I've seen it going, uh, no thanks. I, there's too much other good wrestling around the world for me to watch something that I'm not going to enjoy as much as I can. Like it's just like main roster. There are good things on the show. Like for example, yeah. Hit Row yeah. hits every single week. They are fantastic factions. Ron, Ron Breaker too, as well. Yeah, Ron Breaker. Yeah. Aside from the name, <laughs> aside from that, like a Marvel Muppet character. Aside from that, he's perfectly far. He's he, like he's a really good wrestler, and he's got Steiner yeah. all over him. Also, yeah. That's the reason why he's so great. He's a Steiner. Yeah, yeah. and Von Wagner, that guy with a crappy name, Von Wagner. He's a bloody Be- Beverly son. He's one of the son of one of the Beverly brothers. <laughs> it's just like oh, I didn't know that. Which is part of my point. <laughs> it's just like why have you got all these second generation stars and given them shitty little <laughs> like Von Wagner? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's just uh. But that that really speaks to the inconsistency of like the reliability across the product. It feels very main roster. In that you'll get shining stuff, which is genuinely good. That's why I brought up Hit Row and the uh, Bron Breaker as well. Uh, but there is that inconsistency across it as well. It's not over the course of the show a consistently good show. There's segments of good, and then, then the rest of it is. Uh, it's also lit like a Nickelodeon show that's going to gunge somebody at any point. Like it's, <laughs> it's just like what is this? <laughs> but. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the bigger point was AEW have built up that reliability over the course of like two years and things, and now you're willing to trust stuff. So if something doesn't quite hit on a certain week, you trust they will change course. Or if something is more low-key, you trust they're building to something. If a character loses, you trust they've got a plan for them, that they're going to go into something else. Like Miro, we were talking about it earlier. I was like, oh, he's probably got something. Where's he going to go? Wherever he lands probably be really good. We've got that trust there. So just casually say stuff like that. Compared to, oh, I don't know, he's probably screwed now. <laughs> We're not talking like that. <laughs> so it's just, that is really good to see. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go through the rest of the show. Uh, we will have more time to Rich, see happens. Well, well no, one thing. Rich mm. made a good point about this. Like, when people get, like, shuffled off of AEW, uh, off of AEW television for a certain amount of time, it's not like they're stuck in the back and catering and you won't see them pop up for, for another few months or until the next, like, Battle Royal. Or be the next time person to run out at the twenty four title or twenty four seven title. Like when they come back, they're as over as they were once they left. Ah, yes, that's that's, that's, a, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, they've not been yeah the uh the had the momentum taken away from them. Their jets weren't cooled. Yeah, yeah, their jets weren't cooled. Yeah, it's it's nothing like that. They, yeah, they just oh when they come back, it's return. Almost like Adam Cole kind of returning after all that time. When he does return, he's Picking up where we were, essentially. Like pick, uh, running, yeah. running exactly from where we were when, when we left off. <laughs> to, to yeah, from when up. Adam from from when Adam Page, the babyface, you know, killed him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I still love the beat of them on BTE, where Adam Cole's like, oh, I'm just going to go find Hangman. And, <laughs> and the, but, and, but for the books and for Omega... It's been too long without them telling what's happened with Hangman. And so they all get the Omega and the books just get together and are just like, We've been telling such a long, convoluted story. When do we even let him in? <laughs> when do we even when do we tell him? What do we even tell him? <laughs> just, oh, such a good bit. You, t- you tell him when Paige comes back so they can feud. <laughs> oh yes, a Paige versus Cole feud. Yes. Yes, I'm in as, as an initial welcome back to actually feud with them. Because you've got to build to go into Kenny. Uh, some have called him called out for 
Adam Page to be the like the ladder match winner. Personally, for me, mm. a little piece of info for head down the line: the town they're in after Full Gear is Page's hometown. So, right, right, right. Knowing what AEW are like, where they're like like WWE is a heel company within their own world. I'm not. I don't mean this as they are villains. No, I mean in their own universe. They are the villains, like the the general managers, the people in authority. They are always the bad guy, but also yeah. the baby faces always lose in their hometown. <laughs> like it's a rare occasion. Like in WWE, it's a rare, it's a good pop, but it's a rare pop when someone wins in their hometown. More likely than not, yeah. they're going to lose compared to AEW, yes. where they just treat or it get as... left laying, or get left laying in their own hometown, like how mm. Becky left, uh, Bianca left yes. laying, uh, in during yeah. um, in Knoxville, well, not her hometown, but in Knoxville, like where she went to college. Yeah, and she, she got was, the, and she was all conference got, track star. She got the key to the city from Kane, <laughs> and, and still gets laid out afterwards. Uh, in the backstage, like, well, that that evens out balance wise, doesn't it? No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Becky's already got loads of momentum. Becky can have this yeah. win. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, uh, but AW's more like, we'll give them that uh, feel-good factor for the show. Which is, uh, the thing with AW quite often is, uh, especially when you see the critiques online of people getting angry, then you just watch the show. It's just a fun, entertaining show. <laughs> it's just, it's such, it's so easy to watch. It's so easy just to turn my brain off and enjoy. Like, me personally, I was a little bit scared to start doing these reviews. Because I haven't been taking notes on AEW since I stopped my uh, column where I was reviewing everything. Like back in, it's right when I had to stop when COVID hit, so it's around there. Um, I've not been, I've not made any notes on AEW in about a year and a half. So when I picked this up, it's kind of like, if I start critiquing it and writing it, is that going to put me off the show? Turns out, no. <laughs> if the show's good, you want to engage with it more. <laughs> you feel, and you get that, that positivity feeds off each other when like bringing in the different guests to talk about it as well. Like, yeah, it turns out, no, I'm enjoying AEW even more because I get to talk about a thing with people who are also enjoying it. <laughs> it turns out, what a crazy concept that is. <laughs> crazy concept. Uh, anyway, yeah, AEW, you're doing a good job. Have your hometown people win. But that's just my little note for Paige, was that they are in his hometown <laughs> after full gear. I Personally, I'm keeping an eye on that. I don't think it makes any sense for him to win the ladder match and then for him to be the challenger at full gear. For me, you have his hot... Maybe you do return him at full gear, then get a massive pop the night after. Or Kenny Omega finishes a feud with somebody and then Hangman shows up to feud with the Elite and build up to Revolution. There's still, yeah, there's where they can go. Yeah, there's still um, there's still options. I, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I haven't really thought about what like Omega could be doing come full sale or when um, Hangman's coming back. Uh if it were me, I would get him back as soon as possible to try to get him into the pay-per-view mix um, on pay-per-view on full gear in November. Um, but obviously, you know, you don't know how these things go. Um, um, you know, child, child, new, newborn children are, are tricky. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I can't wait till he comes back because, like, there's a whole new slate of, like, people that can kind of, you know, um, people you could test his metal against, like I, you know, I, I've had conversations about this with people about like I kind of feel like he hasn't really been, um, he really hasn't been tested, like he hasn't been someone that's been like brought up to card in a traditional sense for a long, um, a long chasing title chasing babyface uh, for the top of the card. So it's like if he can get in there with a Malachi Black, if he can mix it up with Adam Cole, um, a Miro, um, 
like I think that would be the best thing in the world for him for when this actually is game time and it is for him time for him to like go um face to face with Kenny Omega and like get the match that people have been asking for for a long time and like so that's kind of um so I'm interested to see like when he gets back and like when that's happening because like that's just another top of the car guy um like that's one of the top guys in the company like one of the top 10 guys in the company so um like they have it almost like an embarrassment of riches right now <laughs> so it's so it's so good to see as a fan so many roads they can go down no pun intended what comes in the next segment well you know before, <laughs> before we get to that we have got the match uh, like after the match the elite came out uh, for like a taste of afters carl anderson with a hype man promo that could Cuts down to what he said. <laughs> and uh, Kenny's against ever giving Danielson another go at the championship. Or another, just a go at the champion end of. So, of course, Brian comes out and just calls him uh, the the whole Kenny Nobles Omega. And, of course, yes, the crowd chanted it. <laughs> of course they did. It's <laughs> wrestling crowd. Uh, instead, uh, the American Dragon challenging any member of the elite to a match on Rampage. Later in the show, they just... Show the graphic card for Rampage. It's, da- it's going to be Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson. And the crowd go, holy shit. <laughs> and they just freak out over this card announcement. Apology, I mean, it's just like apologies to the uh, two-year anniversary matches that they announced afterwards. But nobody cared <laughs> after seeing uh, Danielson versus Jackson. <laughs> That's it. Uh, when, Nick Jackson has, rarely has singles matches. But when he does, they are special uh, immediately jump the, the Ray Phoenix match just obviously jumps to mind and here it's uh, Brian yeah. Danielson it feels like immediately you're like this is going to be fantastic <laughs> yes add it to the list of Jack's amazing Jackson TV matches yeah <laughs> yeah team. um like that Phoenix match for me is still like a top somewhere in the top eight of best AEW matches ever for me so like I'm you know I'm I'm I can't wait for him and Brian to get to get it going and like there's just a slew of guys for Brian to fight yeah. Um, there's there's are like what happens when it's him and Penta, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's gonna be fun. <laughs> like, what happens when it's him and Pack? Like, it's mm. gonna be fun. <laughs> Actually, speaking um, of those guys, uh, next was a backstage interview with the Lucha Bros when Andrade Elidolo. Oh, I didn't say that at all, right? <laughs> Andrade Elidolo immediately interrupted uh, his lawyer, hinting that it's probably time for the Bros to defend their AAA tag t- titles and. Immediately, I'm just like, I feel like this was a little thing that's kind of went a little under the radar, but I'm like, wait, who's his partner going to be? He's got partners <laughs> out there. It's like, does Andrade have an Ingo Benable amigo in his pocket? <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, immediately I'm like, you're going to bring in Rush. Oh, <laughs> it's going to bring in one of his, uh, uh, yeah, from, from the stable, that he, his version of the stable, the initial version of the stable from uh, AAA. Yeah. 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 Or were they in CMML when they did that? I thought they were... I can't. Oh, I don't know that world that well. It's cause, just because they were on the New Japan stuff. I was like, oh, wait, it might have been CMLL. I can't remember. I can't remember. No, no. Uh, no, that was started in CMLL. Yeah. Oh, and then... Okay. Uh, but the thing is, like, uh, CMLL, because of their beef with AAA, like, so many of... CMLL, like, has had so many defections to uh, AAA that is, like, almost everybody um, that was a part of... Like that run when Andrade was there is like pretty much in AAA now. Mm. Okay, so it makes sense why I was confused <laughs> all of a sudden just trying to remember. It. Yeah, like like for example, like Real Lee, like Triple or sorry, same level fired. Uh, I'm sorry, oh, yes. uh, Real Lee. Yeah, like I last year. That. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah so 
But it, for me, this time, I'm sorry. It's just such a, I don't know what would happen. I don't know what would happen. happen, happen make, I don't know what would happen. Happen make me fire Ryu Lee. I'm sorry. Like that dude is too good. That now, dude is too good. I remember trying to read up on that when it happened. It's, 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 it seems some form of beef. Something happened. Back, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Is it? I think because CMLL like they want to control your indie bookings in Mexico. Mm. So like in you know like a lot of guys like Bandito or. Um, Ryu Lee, like they just want to wrestle where they can because uh, they're psychopaths. So um, they fired him because he was going to be on a card that had like a triple A talent on it or whatever else. And mm. I get more or less the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> but there's so there's so, such a slew of talent that Andrade could use. I'm just massively assuming it could be Rush. I don't know if somebody in the company they're going to pair him with. But immediately, because I didn't see much hype of this, like around when I listened to reviews, they just recapped what happened and moved on. I'm just like, Wait, just, are you, don't, is anyone just forgetting <laughs> the teams this guy has been in <laughs> before he we went to WWE? Right. Like for me, it's right. Quite, this could be pretty big, <laughs> quite, quite interesting. Let's see another company working for AEW. <laughs> just a, so it could just be somebody who's in AAA right now. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus Matt Sydal and Dante Martin. Yes, it's time to get to that segment. But yeah, the, the match itself, uh, the crowd still booing Cody as his potentially natural turn rolls on. Uh, immediate first notes as we see Rhodes start to think he knows he's better than Arn. This is building to the aftermath uh, of the match. Like, being the first in the match when Anderson very clearly wanted Johnson in. Uh, to be the one to initiate the first punch in the match breakdown as well. Just lots of little details across the match where immediately I'm just like, he knows exactly what he's doing <laughs> with this, as in leaning into it rather than, well, maybe it's not the reaction they wanted initially, but now, right since the return, especially with from Malachi Black, now they're leaning into it. In a Also, like, little things as well, like when they walked out onto the ramp, Arn Anderson was stood on the good side and Brandy on the bad side with the heel tunnel and the face tunnel. <laughs> I'm just feeling huh. So it's, it's, I feel like they're doing lots of little touches <laughs> which weren't there before. <laughs> it's just because they're there now, I'm starting to spot them. And immediately, also last week, the boys' uh, Twitter account tweeted, tweeted out, I was like, oh, that's somebody being Homelander. <laughs> and a lot of wrestling fans going, yes, that's the point we've been making. <laughs> he's not a good, he's, he's acting like a good guy, like, I was listening to one review earlier. Um, I listened to a couple before doing this. I can't remember which one it was, but they just, they were, their kind of take on this was, oh, he's giving the, the glasses to the, he's doing the stuff with the kids. He didn't give them the glasses. Not very hard. He was doing, he was giving stuff to the kids. <laughs> he was being being the baby face. Uh, therefore, he is a baby face. I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> that's the the homelander thing <laughs> where he thinks he's America's hero. He genuinely believes he is, but he's not. And whenever those cracks show their face, he loses his cool. And that that's what I'm hoping to see with this character. I like subtleties. We don't really get a lot of subtlety. Or haven't had a lot of subtlety in wrestling. So for what Cody's doing here, where this the start of this is more subtle, I'm all for it. Obviously, the, the after match, the way the match went down was a bit less subtle. And we'll get to Arn Anderson and subtlety in a minute. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> Yeah, I really like what they're doing with Cody. Just nice little things in the match as well. Just nice little notes. Uh, almost go to try and win the match himself. Which is also why I liked that not happening. <laughs> Lee Johnson, uh, he, Lee Johnson, like, pulling him in to get that tag in. Just yanking him by the tights. 
And uh, Johnson is the one to get the win with an awesome fisherman onto the knee to Martin. So, yeah, I really like these little touches here. Yeah, um, I had no idea what that move was that Lee Johnson did. Like, the best I can ca- I came up with was, like, that was, like, the Jungle Kiona Jungle Buster or Kaniku mm. Buster, whatever you want to call it, except, like, it, it wasn't just a sit out like a stunner. It was like he dropped him like a like a backbreaker. So I I, I, I called it to uh to Josh from keeping the strong cell. Like it's like a jungle breaker. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like I, his name. I don't I don't know what the hell it was, mm. but or what he's gonna call it. But it was awesome looking. Mm. Um, and like it was cool for him to get a, uh, a big win on on Dynamite because normally whenever you see him on Dynamite, he's getting his ass kicked. And like the dude's clearly talented. Um, it was cool to see him and um Dante Martin. Um, they were. <laughs> the future, man. Mm. The future at AEW, man. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, it was a really good match. Uh, the the stuff with Cody is is co- clearly leading somewhere where I don't know. Um, but I, I guess let's get to the Arnettis, uh stuff because yeah. that was like that was just ridiculous <laughs> fun to me. This is so this is the actual thing, the actual takeaway from this segment. <laughs> I spent way too much time on that earlier bit. So after the match. Cody was wanting to call out Malachi Black, and Arn immediately stops him. He's had enough of Cody not listening to him, and we were displayed that in the match. It all ties in with the most... Uh, immediately in my head, I'm like, this is the most American analogy I think I may have ever heard. <laughs> just, just You're talking about, Cody, you're the kind of guy where someone came up to the car and said, I'm robbing you of this car. You'd be like... No, no, I don't. I don't want any trouble. Here you go. Here are the keys. There you go. Whilst me, I pull out my Glock and I shoot that MFO in the head. <laughs> I'm just like, what is this analogy? Well, <laughs> oh, no. He said. He said it a little. He said it. He said it a little bit more. Uh, with a little bit more poetically. He said that he pulls the Glock and he puts the, he puts the barrel to uh, their forehead and he leaves uh, their brains on the on the concrete. Now it's just like. Yo, what what is what this this turn? I, I I didn't know that you were a Stone Cold Murderer, Arn. But it, I mean, I, then I thought to myself, well, he 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 grew up or he came of age in, in pro wrestling in uh, JCP, and this man debuted in like '82. Of course, this man has has it on him at all times, or or, clo- or nearby mm. at least, at the mm. very least, like. <laughs> I want to, like yeah, man. Like he, I, I don't know what to say other than that. Other than but like he needs to go. He needs to go seek some type of counseling or, or help <laughs> help out the professions. Because boy, that whew, that you know, um, wow, just wow. Um, I was sitting there and like I was like halfway like wait what and then laughing because like this is so absurd for just for, for what this is. It's like do you want to fight a guy or is it affecting your career or whatever else? And it's like nah man, I want I want to murk somebody in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah, it, was just the, it was a the severity of the level on was going to with it, and b the specific specific I can't say it, specific <laughs> Jesus Christ the specificity. Thank you. I, I I'm not. I'm even sorry, I can do with accent. I'm bad, but like specificity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so it's just how specific <laughs> that story was. <laughs> the barrel of my Glock, not not just gun, not just <laughs> whatever. It's like no, no, I've got a Glock <laughs> in the car at all times. Of course it, you do, on. <laughs> yeah. And like you know, for a person that spent most of his career being called like uh, boring or stoic or generic, like. 
the fact that he said he's gonna get a box ass Glock, like of of course Arm would have, of course Arm would have an old dependable square ass gun, not like a Desert Eagle or or anything anything with any kind of like uh, flair to it. No, no, we I'm just finna go out here and just and just, and just shoot you with the remote control. Just, just, just. Uh, obviously, as Perfect. an as an Englishman, I've got to go kind of translate that promo <laughs> just to figure out. Like, wait, I'm sorry, are you trying to tell Cody he's just lacking in conviction right now? He's he's not the stone cold murderer that you want in a wrestler, I guess. He's just gone a bit too literal with the metaphor. <laughs> it's like, no, not. And act like Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't actually a Stone Cold killer. <laughs> like, no, it's not not not, not that literal. That Arn Anderson, like, no, I will kill a man. Like, Holy shit! <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody said the the little joke uh, on Twitter just to like sit, uh, pretend to be Sid Vicious, just like, oh shit, I went after him with a pair of scissors. I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> that man is a. I, yeah, but that's hilarious. <laughs> it's just that's just oh, it's. So, such an over-the-top analogy. <laughs> it's just so violent. Uh, yeah, like, that yeah. Them scissors ain't gonna save you, Sid. And, uh, <laughs> and the aluminum baseball bats ain't gonna save you neither. <laughs> it's just, like, Jesus Christ, no, put the Glock away on. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> no. Oh, I just, obviously, I found it so... Obviously, the main point of this promo is, like, with Cody being a bit more heelish in his little actions, a bit more booble, this was meant to be, you're meant to be in the right with Arn. And I was like, I'm not with Arn on this. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, like, my, my favorite part was that, like, I don't really, like, care much for where Cody is headed with any of this stuff right now, but, like, the fact that Arn just went so far, like, well, I was going to say far left, but that's clearly far right. Uh, <laughs> he was so far right with all of that, that was kind of like, yo, like, this is such a pleasant distraction and, and welcome <laughs> yeah. distraction to get away from whatever is like just around Cody for like the past uh, few weeks is coming back again. Um, keyword. I said again, after I said, come mm. back. So um, yeah, like whatever, I don't know what's going to happen with this. There's obviously turmoil. Maybe they'll make uh, re- it'll reconcile around, um, or maybe he's trying to protect Cody or whatever. Or maybe it's um, to stop him, you know, trying to chase after Malachi black. Cause he got the better of him. Um, I don't know. Um, but it, I don't know. I just, I, you know, have you seen the merch that is being sold off of the Arn Anderson, uh, the Killer Arn Anderson uh, promo? Oh no, I've just seen the memes. I haven't actually seen. So <laughs> Conrad, so Conrad is selling a black uh, shirt with red lettering that says Arn on it, and the R is a gun. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. get, like, get it out there with the official Daniel Bryan white T-shirt. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Oh, just, yeah, the memes are great as well. Just <laughs> so good. All right, so so you said that you, you smell a hill turn. You mentioned you referenced the Homelander stuff. Mm. So, um, do you want to see Cody turn hill? Personally, yes, because I've seen of how good it was the last time he was playing heel with the whole uh, Bullet Club is fine angle, which was yeah, amazing. he's better. He's so good as a heel. Also, this yeah. gives me confidence it'll be a slow turn. So, like, the state Cody is now is not him here suddenly a heel. It feels like it's going to be, like, slowly over the course of months this will happen. This is not going to be a quick turn. So that gives me a hell of a lot more faith that it'll be good by the end of it, or we'll, I'll believe it by the end of it. Like, there is a, upon the what I was saying earlier, but there is a conviction behind him doing so. So I, I'm way more confident because of that. Uh, I don't believe this is going to okay. be sudden, out of nowhere, suddenly at full gear, he's facing 
Arn Anderson in a gun on a pole match or something. He's just doing. He's he's not going to jump to a sudden massive match or anything. It's just yeah, yeah. That really does kind of help with much else of it. Okay, because I was wondering because like, there's something he needs some type of fundamental change for with him, but. If you turn him heel, and then you look at like what they have on the heel side in the men's singles uh, division, it's like okay, so are we really going to turn him heel? Just he be like the in like the sixth best first heel or the sixth mm-hmm. heel you actually want to see on on an AEW show? Like you got Adam Cole, you got Kenny Omega, you got um, Malachi Black, um, you got Miro, you got MJF. Like, do you want to see Cody over any of those guys right now? No. If you turn him heel. Ugh. Again, it's right so, now. I, if they, it's tough. They'd it's have, tough. They have to put a lot of work into it over the course of time as well, because he can turn. It's quite. I reckon mm-hmm. it'd be relatively easy to turn Cody into a mega evil heel. I was, I was almost going to say co- like a corporate level of evil, but I just mean like unstoppable right into the top of the card, spitting in the face of the fact that he lost that match at Chris Jericho, meaning he couldn't change for the world title. For me, it makes a lot of sense for him to become, uh, like, go on a, not rampaging run, but just a merciless run to the top, just screwing over Uh everybody um, and just crapping over on everything that the promotions kind of stood for. But you do that over the course of a long time, be it six months to a year type of stuff kind of building him up that way. And he has to kind of like earn his way back up, but he's doing so as an absolute dickhead, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Just, you do it that way. So yeah, there's, again, it's that trust idea we built up. That, and the way they're showing me now is it is a lot more subtle. Just just this week as well. So many little subtle heel things are in there or just little nods to these will be the ones joining him, these won't be type of things. It's like, yes, I really like it. Make, meaning it makes sense when it happens rather than we're going to surprise you with a thing. But yeah. No, they're telling us they're going to do it. Which yeah, is, like we're going to we're, <laughs> we're going to have uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins win the tag team titles in the main event after Roman Reigns in the opener tells us that he is leaving uh, to go fight for his life uh, against some cancer. Uh, and then at the end, after that good moment when they win for uh, their friend uh, in the tr- famous trios that uh, um, tan that they had, stable like. Dean Ambrose just turns on on Seth Rollins for no rhyme or reason, and then and then <laughs> months later they tell us there there is no reason. Get over it. <laughs> that's that's the thing okay. with when you're watching WWE. Just just enjoy the the moments. Just does that, well, well, you want things to make sense, or do you want things to be cool moments? <laughs> it's like, uh, well, it's the thing with uh, the Hurt Business where they reformed on Raw. And, I heard about that. Yeah, so it's. It's part of, of, do you want a world without the Hurt Business? Or do you want a world where the Hurt Business are back together with no logical explanation as to why they're fine again? <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, can't I build to it <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> like, no, 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 just put logic aside. You're happy the Hurt Business are together because they're good. And I was like, Ugh, out of the two choices, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a... Compared to, again, what we were kind of comparing it to with AW, where... When you know where you're going with something, you can foreshadow. And when I've said this before, we're questioned, oh, well, do WWE do do for, uh, long-term storytelling? Like, ah, no, they, they don't. <laughs> they may have a goal where they know they're going, but they book it week to week still. If you know where you're going, you will see foreshadowing. And even in a longer story yep. there, there, are, there is no foreshadowing. Week to week, they don't know what they're doing yep. next. 
AW right here is showing me that they know what they are doing next because they are foreshadowing it. Uh, and it may end up being Triple H levels of foreshadowing where B, around, if, around Survivor Series time, he would start setting up like 20 different possible WrestleMania matches. <laughs> he would just have a little segment with everybody <laughs> just in case it turns into a feud. And like the most recent one was Batista, <laughs> like months in advance. I got a better example than that for Triple H. Uh, do you remember the? Oh my goodness! I want to say it was the two thousand. Um, oh my gosh! Uh, this might have been like the two thousand seventeen or like of recent years when he was in Royal. Actually, no, it was the two thousand um, seventeen Survivor Series where like. He basically, like, he screws over Shane, who's on the SmackDown side. He screws over, I think, Triple or uh, Roman Reigns. Um, he, he like, he crosses Braun Strowman before Strowman wins. Like, he basically shot, and he also he decked Angle uh, at the time. Like, he had, like, he basically, like, shot, like, four angles in one match. And you're like, where is this going to go? And ultimately led to the Ronda Rousey tag, mixed tag match with, uh, with Stephanie and... Um, Kurt Angle was like, why did you do all of this? Like, you just basically shotgun sprayed the entire uh, ring uh, just for one match. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one thing to be a hill and it's one thing to be a shit stirring uh, hill, but like, you, like, you're a tornado right now, my guy. <laughs> it was just a Triple H way. <laughs> it was around November. He's just like, right, time to set up WrestleMania season. <laughs> it's just. He was like the one guy in the company who <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna I, foreshadow one of these. <laughs> he was just just yeah, shotgun sprayed foreshadowing <laughs> to anyone because who knows where it will go. Uh, but yeah, this is what I mean. This level of stuff, it just you see it you see it in the products, and then later on it makes sense when the thing happens because it's been foreshadowed. It's not predict it's predictable in a good way because you've been told it will happen. It's not predict it's not predictable story writing. It's story, tell- it's, it's story writing to make your things make sense and foreshadow character actions so that the character's actions make sense because it's the thing they would do rather than we need this piece to move here for a plot point to create the villain for the hero to slay. It's like, these aren't characters. <laughs> it's just, yeah, this is how you do storytelling. And it's not, it's not a big brain concept. <laughs> this is all relatively not. It it's, ain't. Yeah. It's, it's bare minimum. It's bare minimum. It's the bare mm. minimum. Like, yeah. I, I like even AEW is some of the best pro wrestling uh, weekly episodic pro wrestling I've ever seen. Mm. It is not the wire. Oh, yeah. It is not Breaking Bad. <laughs> it is not any. It is not any all time great episodic uh, or episodes of TV. It is just though. It, it is very good, but it is like as far as characters and plot and drama or whatever else. Like it has its, it has its great moments and all that, but like it is not like some all time great show uh, compared to the other stuff you watch on TV. So like, all, I say all that to say this: like when you watch pro wrestling, we're not asking for we're not asking for this <laughs> for the for some impossible f- task of of ingenious uh soap soap opera writing. We're not. Yeah. We're asking for we're just asking for a. If you're going to do something in, can you like plan out like how you're going to get to what you're going to do in six months? Uh, and figure minimum. out a way how to get to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all we're asking. And mm. like, to be fair, to be quite honest, Vince in his prime absolutely did this. Mm. He did. He just does it less and less because he cares less and less. 
and he remembers less of stuff he does. And he thinks like, I don't remember it, so they won't. And it's like, nah, we we definitely do. And <laughs> yeah. we're like, and, we're all, and, 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 and like James is bald because he's ripped his hair out. <laughs> he used to have hair Not like really, me. It was, it was like me had it up in like a little, <laughs> it goes up in a big quiff, it's a wave to it. He was like, he was a handsomely haired man, was that James? <laughs> then Vince started, oh. <laughs> like, uh, uh, for me, currently, I uh, on uh, the Apple streaming service, they are making an adaptation of The Foundation, which is about the fall of a galactic empire. I don't need AEW to plan things out to that level. <laughs> I don't need to, to be like that. Just, as James was saying, if you've got a, a little lane for six months, you know where you're going with it, you can just do a nice little build to it, because you know you're going there. And then when you look back over it especially you'll notice they were already foreshadowing it. They were already doing all these little bits and things. That's why it felt natural. Because a lot of this is subtle and goes by a lot of people. Like, they would realise they're feeling a certain way about a character, but not notice why they feel that way. And quite often it's because the show has pushed them in that certain way. They wanted them to feel that way. Um, wrestling is obviously massively difficult to get so much in the moment, I guess, feedback. From any different corners, but you'll see that foreshadowing there—that little kind of push in a certain direction. Uh, yeah, uh, the fact we're seeing it—it's just like yes, we're seeing basic storytelling things. At first, it was nice to see continuity. That was nice <laughs> to say to say, "No, trust us. The results of the matches you're watching are going to be relevant. <laughs> They're going to mean something." It's like, oh, that's nice. But now we're at that point where because the trust has been built, we're now seeing. Bigger story, I say bigger, other storyline staples happening on the show. It's basic storytelling, all of this. <laughs> so it's, it's just nice to see in wrestling. It's not that difficult. WWE right now is serving us big, white hot, meat slapping moments. <laughs> Biggie's champion. <laughs> uh, however, AW's now giving us that. When I say like the, um, what NXT 2.0 is getting mixed up is um, there was the, th- the edict about being a bit more adult. Because, like, you see, AW being successful, they are a more adult uh, company. However, part adult doesn't just mean say some swears, be a little bit uh, naughty with your hinting. Because that's what teenagers do. That's not adult. NXT, for me, felt like, this this last week, for what I've seen of it, felt like teenagers trying to act adults. <laughs> Where it's just mm. saying a naughty thing, <laughs> type of thing. A little segment where two people are having a pillow fight and somebody behind a cupboard thinks that, oh, they're having sex, opens it, they're not, and they're just playing with pillows or something like that. That generally was a segment on this week's NXT. I've not made that up. <laughs> it is, where has this wow. show gone? <laughs> Literally, they had jo- Johnny Gargano in a cupboard. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> but uh, that man would be so good in AW. <laughs> Shed a tear. <laughs> but they... Um... I-, I mean, I, I did a... A few weeks ago, I did like a 10-minute rant on Johnny Gargano and um, mm. like his place in WWE history as far as in-ring match quality and like like the highs that he's had and um, like the way people were talking about him when people when the word got out that like his contract ends in December mm. um, and like he's kind of you know and a lot of people like have seen this NXT on USA Network thing and seen that like that. Like, after they took him out of the main event picture, like, what has he done? And, like, he's been a utility player, so a lot of people don't didn't see, like, what he was. Or most a lot of people that, like, heard the stuff didn't – it doesn't – what they've seen that doesn't match the quote-unquote legend or the rep. 
So like they think like he's hella overrated. And it's like, all right, man. <laughs> like we'll we'll see we'll see come January. Mm, we'll see. There's we'll some see. hot names whose contract like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Johnny Gargano to swoop yep. all of those top tier names up. Oh, that'll be a strong, strong get. Uh, but yeah, for me as well, um, with the adult thing, with being more mature also means storytelling that adults are more likely to be able to follow, want to follow, rather than WWE where they're storytelling kids. It's like, yes, they sometimes go more mature content, but the actual method of the storytelling is still kid level compared to what I'm talking about here, where it's a bit slower, where there's a lot more subtleties to it. That's a, a more mature way of doing entertainment. Because mature doesn't just mean say naughty things. It, right. more, it, doesn't, it doesn't just mean that. It's not just blood and guts. It's not just that. <laughs> it's the aiming at a more mature audience who need a bit more... Uh, what's the word? Girth to their storytelling. I don't want girth. <laughs> that's the only one I can think of. S- uh, soul. A bit more soul, yes. That's a look, much more PG. <laughs> it's it. A bit more soul to their yeah. storytelling. And that's what AW delivering. And NXT, their edict of let's be more mature... It was just that scene with Gargano, Dexter Lunis with a massive roll of condoms, and... Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, let's stop there, let's stop there. Yeah, <laughs> and, the, and Lady Put Legs, Lady's Legs Put as well. <laughs> Get through Lady Legs. Uh, yep. Yeah. Anyway, John Boxley, um, Eddie Kingston. No, 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 no. Oh, you no, want, no, me, you want no, me to no. hang around a bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in parts so where, like, we gotta sit here and talk about that. that <laughs> so, um, Imp, are you married? I am not, no. Do you ever plan to be married? Someday, yeah. Would you like to be married someday? someday? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. Okay, so when you go on your one week, two week, however long your vacation is, do you plan on using condoms? I do, yes. Well, no, okay. not, not to the... Oh, sorry, no. To the, yeah, to the married woman, no. <laughs> well, it depends on the situation. depends what she wants. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That's my point. Like, mm. I mean, like, he... He had like a whole thing kind of something myself like uh <laughs> it's a whole roll. It's just okay. <laughs> if, mm. Better safe than sorry, but <laughs> I, I'm mm. we're uh, what well, I don't know. We obviously off panel there was there had to be a there's probably a off panel like a <laughs> like this comic book off screen there had to be some there maybe there was some kind of conversation about what what the plans were from that but like given what we've seen from wwe there was no off panel thing mm. he just thought it was a, it was a clear point like yeah i'm gonna have lots of sex and it's like you're gonna have lots of pretending <laughs> sex with your wife what like that that sounds that sounds cool mm. all right like mm. okay whatever like do you i don't know about you but i've never it just kept an entire roll in my pocket to do a big reveal <laughs> it's, just, it's more in a I don't know, in a crappy little bag with all the other wires in the bedside table. <laughs> it's just it's nothing fancy. It's not a big reveal <laughs> anything like that. It's just a uh, oh dear, yeah. Teenagers. It's was a, Johnny so was Johnny in a cupboard like as this was all going on or what happened? Oh, well, no, no. Should I even ask any more questions or because we we completely derailed <laughs> off and like going completely away so, from the co- uh, covering uh, dynamite, but like. Could you like? You've not guessed it. <laughs> was Johnny Gargano at the at the desk at the I guess the resort that they were yeah, at yeah. or something? Yeah. So he because he's playing the father character and he doesn't want them right, having, right, He doesn't right. want them having sex for yeah. Him and Candice don't want their horny daughter to uh, to to, to yeah. get down with uh yeah. Loomis. So he right. was in the room searching about, and then they came back and everything. So he hid in the cupboard, 
just like your normal 80s okay. comedy situation. <laughs> so he's stuck in the cupboard and then he hears noises and everything and it turns out they're having a pillow fight or whatever. He stays hidden. So then he does the other the part, half of the 80s sitcom staple. He then has to leave the room. So he's sneaking away and that's when Loomis spots him and that's when <laughs> Loomis pulls out the vault <laughs> and just gives a little thumbs up <laughs> and just <laughs> Johnny leaves. <laughs> like, ah... Uh... So that it's 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 I don't know if it's funny for the right reasons, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. So that's the situation. <laughs> oh it, yeah, but uh, but that, they, that's part of their more mature edict, and I'm like, it's like a teenager wrote this. Like that's not <laughs> no no aiming for an adult audience. Person writes this. <laughs> this is not aimed for adults. It's just uh, what a teenager thinks. <laughs> maybe maybe it was just maybe you know maybe the whole thing was Vin, or Vince and Pritchard they just had like they, the sight gag of Johnny like being mortified that like the people get that got married are having sex I don't know maybe that's <laughs> all the, all they needed and then they decided to build around that for however long that segment or segments went maybe that's all they wanted you know mm-hmm. like a lot of this stuff you know a lot of this stuff with Vince is just like. I don't really care. I just want to get this one particular gag, and however you got to get to this sight gag is like how are we gonna do it. Like I don't, mm. I don't really care. So um, that's how you end up with stuff like Dean Ambrose getting inoculated in the mm. in the gas mask, and <laughs> people getting shit thrown down upon them, or rain down upon them, and stuff like that. Like he don't, he doesn't care. Yeah, like it's he a don't care. It's a cool visual. Yeah, it was right. a, it was a cool visual, but it makes no sense. And the promo's got to cut beforehand. It's also awful. So is it really yep. worth it for the bit? Is it, oh, what a moment. Yes. What a moment. For Vince, yeah. yes. Yeah, moments. Moments. <laughs> Hashtag moments with the Z at the end for, instead of the S. Because we are in the 2000s. <laughs> You've got to have that Z. That's still cool to put a Z on the end of stuff, obviously. Uh, but yeah, uh, AW's showing what actual, more mature kind of, maturely written show. This is more what it feels like. Sometimes they go a little bit overboard and every segment has someone saying shit in it. <laughs> Just, also, also, that was the other thing as well. Somebody said shit on uh, NXT, which hilariously, <laughs> Seth Rollins was just tweeting that out saying it looks like we can say shit now guys <laughs> like hashtag shit <laughs> like oh, yeah. the door's wide open <laughs> and that was like a week or two after like that one episode of Dynamite where like mm. people were saying shit left and right yeah <laughs> that was like that was, a, that was a little too much a little too heavy of a shit storm <laughs> on that show yeah I, yeah I, I, I don't know why people have such an insistence on like letting us know that like it is PG it's like we get it like <laughs> I, um, I remember it doesn't matter. I'm about to be real again. Let's, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But like, yeah, like, I, just because you curse a lot does not make like does not make me feel like it's grittier necessarily, mm. or it's like edgier. Like it's it's just you're cussing. Cool. Yeah. Like how many movies have I a treat- few swear words, but then relax on everything else, like it's a twelve or yeah. whatever it is in America, <laughs> like it's a TV uh, PG thirteen. That's PG-13 it. Yeah. Is like it's a PG thirteen movie. It's like no, no, no you're not. Uh, this isn't actually what you're storytelling. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the rest of the card because I know what we're like. There'll probably be another tangent. <laughs> so it makes sense to kind of move on. So John Moxley, Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen with Sting all coming out to Moxley's Wild Thing theme. Wild, Wild Thing theme versus Bear Country and Anthony Green, who, if I'm certain, was Austin Gray 
in NXT slash two or five live, I think. Uh, it was either Austin or August. Oh, August Gray. Oh, that means more heavier bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A- an AG I um, I botched his name the other week, and I can or, or last night I confused him with AJ Gray, who's an indie wrestler in America. And I was like, and then someone quickly corrected me. I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. I completely mixed them up. They don't even look close <laughs> to alike. <laughs> Shout out to AJ Gray. I really like AJ Gray. Uh, from what I've seen of him. Anyway, a uh, quick get-your-shit-in between the All-Stars and a couple of big boys and Green. Uh, our bigger names winning with ease after Green's crossbody bounces off Mox and Kingston with a splat. Uh, the man then turned inside out with a violent crown for a Mox, Kingston and Allen win. Uh, after the match, uh, Eddie grabbing a Brody Lee uh, sign to celebrate in the ring. A final pop, a Sting also gets in a Stinger drop on Anthony. Also, on Twitter uh, earlier today, uh, Anthony Green, I must have followed him or something, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he was tweeting out that, uh, no, because AW was like, well, it's amazing this thing hit this, and he's like, no, that really hurt, I hated that, never meet your heroes, <laughs> they suck, I hate Sting now, <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> that, that's the type of thing that's going to get him over with me, <laughs> if he does that. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, not really much to say for this match, but it gave him something to do. It gave him a nice pop, and he got your Eddie Kingston showing how great a human Eddie Kingston is, and uh, it set us up for Darby Allen later. We've just got a nice little thing here. So, moving, yeah. uh, oh, you got anything to quick, say? This? Yeah, uh, yes, uh, I've said this ever since I first saw him in the Thatch Thatch Can uh, segments, yeah. like. Uh, the homie August Gray, he he looks like he's Randy Johnson's son. Um, just just Google. I, I know you're. I know you're not American. Just Google Randy Johnson. Quick, quick Google search. You'll be like, oh yeah, Randy Johnson. Oh, your your face is covering it. Yes, <laughs> definitely yes. <laughs> oh, his mustache may be gray now. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, up next was... Oh, so irritating, I lost my guitar pick. <laughs> so up next was... It's Matt Hardy. HFO. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's Matt Hardy and the HFO. Oh, versus Dark Order. Great fun in order in honor of Brody Lee. Huge pop for the uh, in the ending sequence for minus one and his mum shouting at Uno and Grayson to get their shit in order. Minus one throwing the papers just like his dad did in those segments, <laughs> throwing them at them to get them to get their crap together. Uh, and also in the hot fire one at the end, Cabana just whirling his arm round like a windmill as Johnny uh, goes on the wee firecracker just exploding <laughs> all over. <laughs> A massive hot run. Venoms and Silver, so incredibly quick and smooth when they're doing their teamwork together. Beating up Joel, which uh, leads to Uno and Grayson finishing the job with the fatality. Uh, Silver with the pin to such a feel-good pop. The Dark Order as well, back on the same page. And again, it's in a way thanks to Brody. So how nice and poetic that is. And uh, yeah, Dark Order back on the same page. And it was such a feel-good match in honour of Brody Lee. Yeah, um, really enjoyed that it wasn't Adam Page coming out to to fix the problem, um, because you know you gotta you gotta give these guys you know that are popular their own sense of agency. Um, like they had a riff over how to handle Page, you know, failing. Um, even though like the reason why he fails is because like he's friends with geeks, but um, 
Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I you know I love watching Silver like hot tags like or go nuts in matches. Like he's so fun. Like it reminds me of like because he's built like pocket in Russell's like pocket pack. Like and then he goes on like those those huge like runs of in streams of offense like you know at like Cesaro in mm-hmm. in like you know both that man matches like it's so fun to watch and uh, you know I just mentioned another a, a former baseball or a baseball legend like when Cabana is do, you know waving like a windmill going home he's almost like a third he's almost like a third base coach mm-hmm. like telling like the runner that's that's you know they could possibly score a run like hey just just keep sprinting to to home base to score a run like so it was it was fun. Um, and like, I wonder, I wonder what's next for them. Um, I wonder, uh, as far as like, uh, could we get more tag matches with them against, um, the elite or, or what have you. But, um, this nice little story, short story that they've told over, um, since, you know, since Paige has been gone, has been like, it's, it's held some interest in like, I'm, you know, they, it, the greatest testament to Brody is the fact that like he made those guys to where like the crowd actually cares about them because they were stuck they were stuck deep in 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 the mud, and he got them out. And um, on a night like that, when you get uh, negative one come out, which is who's always fun to see, and his wife comes out, and the papers, as you mentioned, like it was fun. Like that, they're all like, "What's what's more important? Like what got y'all all together? Why like why do y'all love, why are y'all even mad to the beginning? Because y'all love each other." And for them to be reminded of Brody being that that galvanizing force, like they you know they won one for him, and that was cool. Yeah, a really good feel-good moment on this show in Rochester yeah. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome to see. Uh, after this, Leo Rush straight up to get a video pro- a promo just announcing he's all elite and he's all about that money money now. He, he, he knows people. He knows a guy. So if you want help, he knows somebody. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you know, some, know, know somebody? <laughs> in quotation marks. <laughs> so yeah, just uh, he's, he's all elite and he's got some form of new character <laughs> we'll see how it goes yeah um glad he's back um sounds like he's gonna be picking his spots his character sounds like somebody that is as smart as picking the spots in a different way than like let's say malachi black was pick- has been picking mm. spots um i don't know if he's a heel or a face don't know just glad he's back um when he was in the when he was a wild card um, at the Battle Royal, the Men's Battle Royal earlier in the year, I was super happy because I think that Leo Rush is one of the most talented um, under twenty, under twenty eight guys in in America. So the fact that he's back um, after I think he was, in, I believe he was in rehab. Um, the fact that he's back now and he's good enough to want to be able to do this again, like I'm happy. Um, and I can, I feel like, you know, if you watch him NXT or you watch him PWG, you know how talented that dude is. Like, or you've seen him in AAA, you know how talented that dude is. Like, he's special. And um, I want to see him unleashed, or I want to see him elevated in, in um, the AEW universe. Like, there's a slew of people I want to see him wrestle. Like, I think him and Phoenix would just be just oh. unbelievable. So, um, <laughs> mm. well, Phoenix and anybody, somebody, we get my point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have someone in the see, they have someone in there that can do like the things that, like you know, can do the things he can do both to like superheroes. It's be fun. <laughs> they could just straight up have a light speed match, just, <laughs> just yeah, go for it. Yeah, like, go yeah. loud. Yeah, yeah, sure. Give him, yeah, a light speed match. How about this? How about we put him in a stardom ring and have him tell him to have a high speed match? <laughs> Just go, do it. <laughs> Give us the best yeah. version <laughs> of this. Fast break wrestling. <laughs> Just, I, I'd love that. Just give him, uh, give him five ten minutes. Just go. Just well, no ad breaks. Go till the ad break. <laughs> Just lightning fast. <laughs> that uh, yeah. There's so many people he can face, and the kind of roster they've got as well. There's so many different opponents which he could have amazing matches with. Uh, and yeah. in a world it, where they don't even matter. 
it doesn't even matter like the star quality. Like mm. it could be a top star, it could be someone down in the card, like a Dante Martin. It just like mm. just put him in there with like the, some of the Matt Seidel, like it does, or the Seidel brothers. It doesn't mm. matter. You can put him in there. silver. Hell, <laughs> like him and silver would be fun as hell too. Mm. So many, <laughs> so a great signing for AW. He looked great in the in the Royale. Uh, so good to see him here as well. Uh, after that, Dan Lambert uh, again running on the, on the crowd with the men of the year <laughs> right next to him. Uh, this time, the man gets the shut the F up chance ahead of giving Sky and Paige the mic. It's like, oh, he gave them the mic. How lovely. Before Paige just running off about, we're going to get our recognition, damn it. Uh, you are going to fear us. We are going to be a top team in this company. Uh, yeah, it's just a relatively standard, but it did its job. It gave them that moment to make um, get them across their message that no, we're going to be a big deal. Uh, I, so they could be a team to face the Lucha Bros relatively soon, unless they've got another singles target in their sights. We well, it's just like a straight up program with no interruption, which is nice to see. Like <laughs> that's, I'm like, this isn't wrestling 101. <laughs> Where's my music interruption? <laughs> Where's the babyface pop? Like, no, no, no. This was legit. Just guys out there say getting the stuff out end of segment like oh yeah i forget this is a company that actually values <laughs> characters getting building momentum and stuff <laughs> so yeah uh that's uh yeah nice see any comments on this um i liked this i, I mean i like dan lambert mm. like i i just like I, I just like the old crusty person is basically like a proxy for jim Cornette talking about like the the skinny wimps that that like you know are an embarrassment to the the, the sport so <laughs> Um, I, I enjoy I enjoy his promos because like there is a, absolutely a group of people that like hate hearing that kind of stuff and like it's harmless heat like mm. it's not you know like he's always he's going to be the person that gets the pie on his face eventually at the end. Um, I, I do like I, I like Scorpio Sky and I like Ethan Page um, and I think that Page like given the opportunity he's had on the mic I think he's done well with both of them like he shows fire he shows an intensity he shows. Um, he shows that he can talk. He can get he can get his point across. Uh, I just wonder where they end up in the pecking order for the tag division because the tag division has kind of been on pause. And I don't know if that's because like there it, it seems like they're trying to get a trios division off the ground as we talked about before. Mm-hmm. So um, either they need a third person or they need to you know kind of go through and kind of face like the. Um, uh, the Seidel brothers, for example, or some of the other babyface tag teams and along the way to get towards, um, I, I was going to say private party, but that's completely wrong, uh, towards Lucha Bros. Mm. So um, I think, I think like once they get in the ring or whatever, or I feel like they're a team that's, that should be on TV. I just like, I just like that talent. Uh, those two guys. Speaking of should be on TV, Hikaru Shida. She was here. <laughs> on this show <laughs> she's alive <laughs> she's alive she's dressed smart she's got a promo for you to tell you that she's got a match next week on AW Dynamite at the two year anniversary show against Serena Deeb oh two people were like oh I'd like to see more often awesome great and uh, she gets a promo ahead of Sheeda win number 50 next week on the two year anniversary show so just a little reminder of everything that Sheeda had accomplished over the lockdown era of how important she was to the company, and now she gets a little focus here. Uh, as well, like Ruby Soho as well, getting her own little video promo to say, say no, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to still be a top person. I'm not going away anytime soon. And this was a, oh, Sheeda, you remember her? You liked her? It's like, yeah, I did. I don't even know why you've not been featuring her, but <laughs> great to see her here. <laughs> great to see her back. Uh, yeah, it's not. And against Serena Deeb as well. That's going to be a solid match. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
match is going to be really good uh, next week. Mm. After that, Penelope Ford and The Bunny versus TJ. AEW's Battle of the Blondes bubbling build finally reaches its tag match. A take out to the bunny on the outside. Awesome reverse kick from Anna into uh, grounding Ford down into a submission win. Not really many more notes from me. Like, it was fine. I obviously got more of the match because watching it on fight, it was fine. <laughs> it, uh, the, the ending, of, of, I like the ending with the, the take out on the outside and that kick from Anna was great and the, the submission just to end it. Uh, it was fine outside of that. Like it's not, it's not a, it's not been a f- feud that's built that white hot. But I guess it's done its purpose of reintroducing us to Anna J and getting her and take on his team a little bit over before moving on to whatever plans they've got for them. Outside of that, it's not really a feud I've ever got invested in. <laughs> it's just like oh, it's a bit indicative of the running of AEW's women's division. <laughs> this entire thing, like uh, it's outside of the title stuff. It's fine, which was why it was so nice to see the Nyla Rose, Jade Cargill, Thunder Rosa triple threat announced for Rampage. Because that's an actual women's match that I'm actually excited for, whilst this is fine, <laughs> I guess. It was a match. Yeah. <laughs> Best way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah. Proof that we're not, blind- yeah, we're not blindly positive <laughs> about AW. When something is fine... There's not really much more to add. Uh, so yeah, it was fine. Uh, MJF, he was the next person out there to wake the crowd back up. A warm welcome, as always. Uh, he talked about AW's strong four pillars of the future, which is a really nice touch, personally. Like, he's beaten Sammy. He's beaten Jungle Boy. Darby, whatever. But the strongest pillar of all is, of course, <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Uh, without him, this company ain't shit. Uh, saying that he deserves to be AEW champion. Another thing I like, people who aren't in feuds with the AEW champion talking about wanting to be champion. It's just a little detail, <laughs> which makes the whole world feel, feel like everyone's got their purpose, they're going a certain direction, longer term. It's like, oh, yes, it's great. Just when he says that, it's when he says he's got Bruce Pritchard on speed dial from uh, from his MLW days, and then Punk's just like, everyone's got Bruce on speed dial? Like, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's really not a big thing. <laughs> That's just a nice little quip uh, from him. But obviously, you tease and out they come. That's how wrestling works. Don't tease any of the wrestlers because obviously their music's going to hit. (laughs) So out comes Darby Allin. MJF kindly reassuring him that it's fine to be the number two guy. It's perfectly fine. And he's throwing everything at Darby to try and get him to lash out. Like crossing further and further out over the line as Darby just doesn't. Even bringing up uh, the man's uh, car crash with his drunk uncle. But it's all to no avail. Darby doesn't fall and he stands strong to let MJF know he's not going to be able to break him mentally. And Maxwell leaves. It's like, quick Wardo to the drawing board. <laughs> this just not worked at all. Uh, and I thought like the end point of this segment really worked well. Because MJF was doing his normal stuff. He then went to the bit where he crossed the line, and that's where, in his previous thing with Brian Pillman, that's when Pillman snaps. However, here, Darby's like, nah, that, that shit's not going to work on me. I am going to beat you in a wrestling ring. You're not going to get me that way. It's like, ah, oh, yes. Which also means you get to see something different from MJF, because he needs to utilise a different tactic with this guy. It's like, ah, oh, yes, a fantastic <laughs> setup for this uh, new feud. Yeah, um, and it kind of feels like a bit early 
Um, but AEW tends to do things a bit earlier than I expect them to, to do them, traditionally compared to other things I've watched before. Um, and it, it also has been a time where like they they're both coming off their uh, losing their last pay per view match, so like they both really need a win. Um, obviously, you have um, MJF getting the win at uh, in Grand Slam uh, against uh, Pillman Jr., but like that was clearly just to get his heat back when he cut those promos on like just basically shitting on Cincinnati and. Um, and killing, uh, I forgot the town he also killed before he ended up getting to um, um, the, the, to uh, Arthur Ashe. But, um, yeah, like I, I feel like uh, this is going to be one of the most important um, feuds in AEW this year, um, or this pro- program anyway, like how this goes. Like these are two guys uh, that are, that they've, they've wanted to eventually carry the company in the years to come since day one. So, um, or since the beginning, I won't say day one because Darby came a little later, but so, um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I thought that MJF, like in the last like month, um, or so he's just been, he's been the best promo in, in the business over the last month. Like the, the heat he's been able to grab, um, the way the, the crowds hate him, not he's like just absolutely not a cool heel at all. He's just, he just, he just sucks. And it's awesome. Um, and disgusting, like the stuff he said about uh, Darby. Like it, it's interesting because like, I had a conversation with uh, Jamie, who's uh, a friend of mine, and um, it's in our and I'm a friend with that used to go to like NXT Largo trips with and stuff. And he said like he he had mentioned like the four pillars thing and thought about like the backlash it was going to receive online from like the the Puro fans, the Puro gatekeepers, <laughs> and, I, and I said to him like. I'm I'm pretty sure we more people that discuss it by uh like in that in that little sect of uh of the Twitter sphere than we more discuss it by that than like the fact that this man talked about his family's tragedy like that mm-hmm. for for a gimmick for heat <laughs> like and I haven't checked it yet but like I wonder how close it was uh but yeah um I, I get uncomfortable when people bring up stuff like that that kind of stuff or uh, bringing up that kind of real life thing stuff mm. for um for the controversy in a in a few is like because i know you people are ultimately like fake fighting each other um so i i when it comes to stuff with like me i kind of like eh, it's not for me but the crowd was into it and were in there they want they want mjf to get you know a boot put down his throat so mm. um i from that perspective i guess it accomplished what it was meant to but um i i, I did i did think um MJF talking about the you know he's number two just like Sting um, was his whole entire career like I thought that was clever um, so yeah um, MJF is really you know MJF no he seems to know the line better than most of the like the shock jock type of hills that are that we've had over the um, our lives in wrestling but um, that one that one for me personally was like eh, eh, that one makes me kind of check out but uh, you know a lot of people loved it yeah I think for me personally. It's- because how tightly tied into Darby Allen's character that incident is, um, it's already broadcast. So I guess it's a line that I had not... no okay. Yes, I had no yeah. idea about it. Oh right, oh, okay, no, yeah, it's it's why. He so maybe that's him. why it got me that way. Ah, okay, yeah, that that's why he paints himself like a skeleton, as in he's half dead type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the thing with of taking his life then with no regard whilst he's resting type of thing like it, it all kind of feeds into that so when he when they first debuted him on AW Dynamite they would talk about it on commentary they bring it up 
So at least in this AW world, it's already something that people who've been watching longer term will, or most likely will, know. Uh, so it's not the first time we've been told this on the show itself. Uh, so it's already part of the... I don't, after The Fiend, I don't want to ever say the word law <laughs> in wrestling, but it's, it's part of, the, <laughs> of his world. It's already been a kind of that help, the way to help describe his character. It's yeah. already been. Laura, Laura has turned into a pejorative in pro wrestling, like, it, thanks yeah. to The Fiend. Yeah. <laughs> it happens in wrestling. There's certain terms you can just. Like, I can't, in a script, I can never write the word retribution. I just can't do it. <laughs> it's just. It's gone. <laughs> oh, whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a forbidden word now. <laughs> that door's closed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, two of the massive bright future guys for AEW having a big hot feud because there are certain guys that just have not been in any ring together if I'm right another one is Darby Allin and Hangman Page as well they're just certain combinations there just hasn't been and holding those off is now painted fruition because there's so many different possibilities and with these newer guys coming in there's also those exciting matches so you can more than easily hold off of these dream younger guys coming up which is good, because otherwise you get the little bit of Randy Orton where it's only recently he, where he's now working with this new lot. <laughs> where he's, he has so many years of uh, the same, but then finally interacting with the new ones compared to this where you're holding off already. You're not bashing through these kind of key matches of this era already. You're building to it. You're letting it sink in in the background. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. AEW doing a great job with that. And, and then after that, we got uh, Sammy Guevara, one of those pillars mentioned in this promo. He then won the TNT Championship, which meant that he had Jungle Boy opening the show with a hot match. He had Darby Allin and MGF in a segment. Then he had Sammy Guevara winning the title. It's like, yes, actions also backed up the words. It's like, you thought about it. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I like this. There's, there's actual weight to what they're saying. Yeah, when you know where you're going with something, you can do that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and um, and they were ingenious enough to already have Kingston like already have his match and probably be out the building by the time MGF makes a reference to the four pillars because he would have probably ran out and say, "How dare you mention them? <laughs> How dare you say that? How dare you mention their names in vain? <laughs> How dare you dirty the name of Masawa?" <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was a it was a AW Dynamite show with a, a couple of amazing matches on it, but then the rest of it was setting up building for the future, and also giving us a really incredible match for Rampage with uh, Brian Dennison versus Nick Jackson. So <laughs> get ready for that. Friday, hey, do we do it again where they just use Dynamite to just go, oh, by the way, this amazing match is happening. Also not forgetting the triple threat match between Jade Cargill, Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose, which should also be pretty damn good. As in putting somebody like Cargill, who is still obviously, uh, I'll call it learning on the job, improving quickly. For what I'm seeing, uh, every time I see her, she seems even more competent. <laughs> what are you doing? But then to put her in there with people like Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa. Yes, booking somebody to their strength. What a concept. <laughs> so they're not trying to fit them into a certain mould of what should be. Like, no, this is where she's currently at. So it makes so much sense to put her in the ring with people like Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa. Well done. Good stuff. Rampage should be a really strong show this week. As it normally is. There's like, here's three really good matches. Cool, thank Yeah, <laughs> cool. I don't need more yeah. than that. <laughs> cool, yeah. Yeah, espe- yeah, yeah. Don't, no more than that, especially not two hours. Like, mm. yeah. ooh, that was a rough, 
that that's <laughs> that um Grand Slam um two hour show that was rough and I didn't even watch it live I watched it on re- uh, I watched it mm. later like so I only had like the you know no commercials and was didn't watching it didn't watch it from ten to twelve I just watched it and I was like. I feel tired and I don't have commercial breaks. I imagine watch people people that had to watch this live. Like it must have been like exhausting that second hour. Um but yeah, like I you know, just one hour. Keep it one hour from one out. One hour. I did the same thing, but I had to cover the G one. With a Oh man. <laughs> yeah. There are there's uh, there's currently no Saturday shows, but because I'm covering other things, I've got life going on as well. Like tomorrow, I, I can't sit and watch the G1 tomorrow. I've got people putting floor down in my house. <laughs> I've got things happening. <laughs> and uh, I've not watched today's either. <laughs> like, there's a bit of stuff happening. Like, I haven't started the G1 yet either. Like I was, My plan was to, um, to start watching it after uh, the Grand Prix got done. Mm. Um, what I'm going to do is, because uh, um, Stardom's doing Saga Joe Hall on the 9th, like I'm just gonna start after that, and like even by the standards of last year, I'll still be far ahead. Like I binge watched the last I want to say all but like nights, the first three nights of uh, the grant of the G1, like in a week or something mm. like that, or maybe like five four days. Like I'm never doing that again. So, but um, <laughs> mm. I'm never doing that again. But like I'm just gonna start picking up and like watching one. Like one a day, mm. like after the ninth or whatever else, and then I'll um and I'll you know I'll be caught up well well before then before we get to the final. Yeah, so uh, yes, I'm doing a I guess a, a, a nice little kind of drift into the kind of plugs before we sign away, but yeah, so I am doing a weekly review of the G1 climax with uh, Jeremy Donovan of Keeping It Strong Style, which is going up on Saturdays right now because we've got yeah because having a break on a Saturday which works so perfectly for us. <laughs> That means we're on our different time zones. We can watch the Friday shows. We can get it written on the Saturday and get it up. So it's going to be posted on a Saturday. It might be later on the Saturday. So again, time zones, figuring stuff out. Again, I've not what I don't. I might have to watch both of them on Saturday, then get my stuff in. <laughs> Who knows? But that's with our top five matches of the week. Our top three MVPs. Awesome to see Zack Sabre Jr. just getting so many points <laughs> from me and uh, it's like. Yeah, what do you do in a G one where all of your gaijins you've had you can't really book your gaijins? I don't know. Push another one. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> let him have amazing matches. <laughs> yeah, no, no cost whatsoever. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's a G one. There's turns out the top five. Because I was thinking, oh, this year might be a bit easier for the top five matches. It might be a bit clearer each week with the uh, with the uh, like just not that much hype going into the tournament. But then when we're writing it, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I actually, no, I'm having to leave off matches. I don't want to leave off on week one. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to get Yano in this year. I always make sure I get him in once. Because <laughs> sometimes if the other person, if Jeremy writes about a match that I was teetering on putting in number five, you know, I'm like, it's all right. Jeremy's written about that match. I can give Yano a point. <laughs> I can just throw Yano in here. <laughs> See how it goes. <laughs> it's never taken that well. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn Impercat. The damn is in damn. Also over on Twitch, I I'm trying to get into streaming, uh, and then I'm realizing I, I did the stream on Monday, and then uh, when I was uh, signing off, I was just like, okay, I'll be back on. Oh shit! When will I be back? <laughs> just, just uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's why I stopped streaming. <laughs> I just don't know when I'll be free. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I'm streaming uh, Ken of Visual Spirits, which I'm playing by myself and really enjoying. So then I'm just playing it again on the stream. So really, uh, really, I'll be doing that whenever whenever I get back to my next stream. 
Uh, and also Wrestling Headlines on Twitter at Russell Headlines. That's Wrestle without an E. And over on Facebook, Wrestling Headlines as well to join the huge community uh, for the latest wrestling news. Uh, James, do you want to plug all your stuff? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at JamesBoot87. And you can also find um, my podcast that I do with my friend Rich uh, covering uh, pretty much this AEW and whatever else happens in the world of wrestling uh, from week to week major um, at One Nation Radio. Uh, and with that, say so thank you for watching, for liking, for engaging in any form, any manner, uh, never taken for granted, uh, always appreciated. And it's time for me, to, because I am, uh, because of the current situation, I'm going to sleep in this room. <laughs> There's been a lot of white spirit used in here. A window is open. <laughs> well, hopefully it's, it kind of just settles itself out <laughs> over to sleep. So anyway, I bid you adieu, and James bids you... Later. Ta-da.